0: Are you ready, Tini? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go to Harlem. Or are we in Brooklyn? Yeah. Harlem or Brooklyn. (laughs) We'll get to that.
1: Exactly. Well... A Harlem school teacher named Dorothy tries to save her dog from a storm and is mysteriously transported to the urban fantasy land of Oz. We are doing the whiz.
2: He's on down.
1: He's, He's on, on down, down the road. Okay.
2: Wow, guys. Just Wow. <laughs> Yeah. What a, I had so many questions after watching this movie. I okay. I spent so many oh. hours doing research because there were so many questions I had. Oh. But let's go to the particulars. The Wiz. It came out October 24th, 1978. Now, it's produced by Rob Cohen, who at the time was the head of Motown film productions he also produced mahogany he also did tv's miami vice he was also a director in his own right he directed dragon the bruce lee story the rat pack and the very first the fast and the furious oh wow Mm -hmm. he's directed a lot of things produced a lot of things directed by sydney lumet or lumet um He had a really great book that I wish that I still had so that I could look up this movie in it. It was called Making Movies, and I read it in college, and I just remember really enjoying reading it. He also directed The Verdict, which we've done, Twelve Angry Men, which we've done, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, and Network, just to name a few more.
1: Yeah, like he... Yeah, he's a really good
2: director. Yeah, he's got bona fides. Like, he's a list. So, we're, we're already the. the... <laughs> what
0: happened? <laughs> yeah, Christine I'm just sorry. had the first sip of know, her drink. Where are your guys' drinks filled to in your cup? Um, when you start? About here. Like about the top of the bushes? Yeah. Okay, so he put three and a half shots and filled mine to here. (laughs)
1: Okay. Okay, Okay. well, this is going to be a fun time. Guys,
2: this is going to be a good episode. (laughs) It is. because. yeah she took that drink and, and it was oh, the, the reaction her. i've never seen Sorry, I couldn't hide it i was like well, wow you're okay you're that against cindy lemay and his work i, I see <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so rob cole and cindy lemay boom boom we have like a big time people attached to this the screenplay now when i was watching the movie and this and like who wrote this the name came up i settled in and verbally said oh oh my oh okay joel schumacher now joel schumacher being the age that i am and coming into movies i know a little bit about joel schumacher he started out as a production and costume designer and then before he became a writer And then he went on to become a director. So he wrote Sparkle and Car Wash. Then he wrote and directed St. Elmo's Fire. And then he directed such films as Flatliners, Falling Down, The Client, A Time to Kill, Batman Forever. And then what I think is the most, um, even though this was done after The Wiz... I had seen it before, obviously, I'd seen The Wiz, and it was kind of a, oh, everything comes together moment for what I might be in store for, and that is the film Batman and Robin. I was like, oh, okay. Was that the George Clooney Batman? Well, yeah, George Clooney was in Batman Forever, but then remember Batman and Robin was like the completely bonkers Batman one that had, I think it had, like, Mr. Freeze in it. And it was just way out there, very campy. I mean, so I... And that's the thing with Joel Schumacher. He did The Client in A Time to Kill. But yet he also did Batman and Robin. So I'm like, oh, man, this guy contains multitudes. It's based on The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by Frank L. Baum. And also, The Wiz, colon, the super soul musical, Wonderful Wizard of Oz. So, The Wiz is based on a Broadway musical, The Wiz. And the book for that is by William F. Brown, and the music and lyrics by Charlie Small. It opened on Broadway in 1975, and I believe it won um, Tony Awards and stuff. The... Quincy Jones was the music supervisor. He, super- yeah, he supervised the adaptations of Charlie Small and Luther Vandross songs. And Quincy Jones, as far as his film work goes, he also did In Cold Blood, Bob and Carol, and Ted and Alice, the Sanford and Son theme, Ba-ba-ba-na. Roots, The Color Purple, um, and he also worked with Frank Sinatra, I mean, Quincy Jones is Quincy freaking Jones and maybe three albums you might have heard of, um, off the wall, thriller and bad. So also responsible for those, the director of photography. So, so far it's just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. The director of photography, Oswald Morris. We've done him before because he did the guns of Navarone. (sighs) oh he also shot oliver fiddler on the roof the dark crystal and the great muppet caper to name a few all right so hey then the editor Dee, Dee allen she's one of the greatest editors of all time listen to just a snippet of these movies the hustler slap shot dog day afternoon The Breakfast Club, Serpico, Bonnie and Clyde. Wow. Man. Wow. So this is a Motown film production. Um, They started producing films in 1968. They also did Lady Sings the Blues, Mahogany, Thank God It's Friday, Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon, which we're going to do at some point because that's a great movie. And did you know that Motown Productions also produced... 1980s TV series, Lonesome Dove? No. Yes, they did. Wow. The cast. So what went
1: wrong with this? Oh, I've got theories.
2: The cast. Diana Ross plays Dorothy Gale. And, of course, we're going to mention it. Like, she was 33 at the time that this was shot. Now, Teeny. (laughs) do you you know who do you know who diana ross is yes i know who diana ross is (laughs) 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 okay no i'm pretty sure that you knew but there are probably a lot of people who don't who maybe they know but um like diana ross was a huge star I right. can't emphasize yeah.
0: how could you not know Diana Ross?
2: These kids today, who knows? I'm just I, I think that it's very important that we that we know like Diana Ross, she was in the Supremes. She left the Supremes in 1970. Then she did Lady Sings the Blues and Mahogany. In 1976, she was Uh, selected as female entertainer of the century by billboard magazine she um here's a little nerd alert about diana ross her her mother named her diane her name is diane but due to a clerical error on the birth certificate it's diana And so like all her family and stuff call her Diane because her mama named her Diane. But according to, you know, the birth certificate and then probably Motown got a hold of it. And they're like, Diana sounds better. You're Diana Ross instead of Diane Ross. Um, In 1973, she was the first entertainer, full stop. Not first black entertainer, not first woman, just full stop. The first entertainer. In the history, in Japan's history, to get an invitation to the Imperial Palace for a private wow. audience with the Empress Naga- Nagako, wife of Emperor Hiroito. Wow. Like, wow. The, the wife was like, hey, I want to speak with Diana Ross. That's how big of a star she was. Wow. Michael Jackson, he was nineteen. Mm-hmm. This was his first feature film. I, also, I know who Michael Jackson is. <laughs> Touche.
1: Bet you don't know who Nipsey Russell was.
2: I'm at some point. I'm gonna say Nipsey Hustle. I know. Rest in peace. But it's just just in my head now um so michael jackson he had been the lead. at this point he had been the lead singer of the jackson five which was now the jacksons and he was getting ready to go off and do his solo career so he was kind of in that in-between phase of like well he was a child star is he gonna make the transition and well he was also in captain eo moonwalker and men in black 2 we have nipsey russell as the tin man he was a comedian poet and dancer he was a medic in world war ii oh i didn't
1: know so
2: in europe so you know he saw some disgusting crazy shit yeah damn um he also worked with Mantan Moreland. remember we did him when we did (laughs) spider baby um, and he also would do their, that famous bit where they would interrupt and keep on going like, Oh, you know, so-and-so, Oh yeah, he was, a, you know, that thing. He was very famous for his game show appearances as a, and as a guest, he was also in car 54. Where are you? And people like probably my age would know him from his, uh, time that he would hang out with Conan O'Brien on late night with Conan O'Brien. We have Ted Ross as Fleetwood Coop DeVille. He won a Tony Award. He was actually in the original Broadway production of The Wiz as the Cowardly Lion. Um, He was also in Bingo Long, Traveling All-Stars, and Motor Kings, the film Arthur, and Police Academy. Richard Pryor as The Wiz. He was also in Uptown Saturday Night saturday night harlem night stir crazy silver street car wash and the mac and also probably one of the if not the greatest stand-up comedians of all time lena horn as yeah. glinda the good witch of the south she was in cabin in the sky stormy weather both of those which we've done and panama hattie mabel king as Eveline the Wicked Witch of the West. She was mama on What's Happening and in Fantasy Island and Scrooged. Thelma Carpenter Carpinder as Miss One. She was the Good Witch of the North, and she was a jazz singer and actress. She was also in Call Her Mom, The Cotton Club, and The Devil's Daughter, And Teresa Merritt was on M. She was in That's My Mama, Billy Madison, and The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas.
1: Those are your particulars. Okay. So So there were were truly bona fide people working on this. Yeah,
2: I mean, this is, and I think that this is one of the reasons, I think this is a classic example of people seeing a Motown production. Mm Mm-hmm. Sydney Lemay directing it, mm-hmm. music is super vi- like Quincy Jones' name upon it, mm-hmm. and it's a musical. That's not what this film is though, and I could see how people go to see it be like, wait, huh? N- interesting, cause cause it's the it's the kind of musical that it isn't my necessarily my favorite cup of tea in the, in the songs these are the kind you know how they, there's musicals where it's more pop like I'm not sophisticated enough to fully um, appreciate these songs they're very jazzy oh, because we're
1: not sophisticated
2: <laughs> that's the angle I'm going with they're very jazzy I, I feel that people who are, are good at singing would enjoy singing them um, some of them
0: but it's like half and half.
1: Yeah. It's not even, but that's generous.
0: I could have done with half of the song. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I could have done with three of them. Ease on down the road.
0: Three of them. Jeez. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Well, Well, that's yeah. And I, we all share that apparently with Quincy
1: Jones as well. So. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Where we have two women in the snow. Um, uh, there, they have a shopping cart. It reminded me of uh, Adam and Christine when they're shopping with their shopping cart and bags of food. And Dorothy looks terribly vulnerable and innocent. She, um, Diana Ross, always wore a lot of makeup, and this is a very understated makeup.
2: I didn't recognize her at first.
0: I didn't either. I was, I didn't either. I was like. Oh, okay. I thought so, but
1: the wig didn't help at all.
0: I was looking <laughs> for like full dye.
2: Di- I don't. And then I was thinking about, like, yeah, you know, she's playing Dorothy. What you're expecting full on ha-
0: luxurious hair, Diana Ross? And trying to make a 33 year old woman seem like she's 12.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, that was not it. A- okay. So there's a beautiful turkey in the oven, and uh, Dorothy's putting the cake in the fridge. Two people come and then there's a room full of people. And then there's a brand new baby. And then there's ham being sliced. And we have a toto. There are 20, I tried to count like five different times. how many people were around that table. So many, Uh, it was either 20 or 21 people adults around that table.
2: And one of them was Robin Givens.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Was she the mom of the baby?
2: I, no, I don't think so. I think it's it was like her feature film debut, but it's just a, uh,
1: like background. Okay. And then Auntie M sings a song that I am not sophisticated enough to have enjoyed. Uh, in fact, I fast forward.
2: I and knew. Then, I was like, man, Ma's like fast forwarding through a lot uh, of this
0: Okay, film. I thought about doing it. Really,
1: I couldn't. I couldn't. And, and a lot of it was acapella. So to me, if you're singing acapella, you need a strong melody. Okay. No, um, and- I
2: think it's, it's just that jazz kind of way, you know, like there's, there's, there's musicals that I, I keep, sometimes I keep musicals at, at arm's length and this is the reason why. And I, I don't know. I could be wrong about what I'm saying. But I feel like every time I've heard a Steven Sondheim song, that I've felt that way of like, oh, okay, it's just not my cup of tea. I'm a very I I. That said though, if like there are a lot of genres of music that I don't necessarily aren't necessarily my favorite, but I can usually pick out and be like, no, but that's a good song. Like a good song is still a good song.
1: But a bad song is still a bad song.
2: I would say a bad song is like not necessarily my cup of tea. You know? Okay, like there's you're... some songs that were they trans like in Dream Girls that song. There's like no 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 no
1: way oh, like that song. like the Dream Girls song. Like
2: that to me sticks out. It, it's very torch ballady kind of song, but you're like, but that song's got something. Mm, I yeah. see. You know, because it sticks around in your head. Yeah. Even if there isn't um, a chorus, you know, like I'm not going to be as as just simple as like, oh, it's not pop. It doesn't have a chorus, so I don't like it. Like I can appreciate other things, but like s- certain other jazzy things where I'm like, oh, OK, like I appreciate the singing and I'm just not a good enough singer to even be able to even hum along to this.
1: Well, that's true. Well, at one point, Dorothy gets the uh, big jug of Almaden wine. In the 70s, I used to drink Almaden wine as well.
0: I mean, but they brought a third bottle. They had already gone through two bottles of that gigantic wine. They were bringing a third bottle out. There were 21 people around that table. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess that's one bottle. I mean, that would, we would go through that, and it's what? I the not
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not, the five I'm of not us. shaming them for how much wine they drink. <laughs> no. Well, this is obvious that Dorothy is being set up with this dude who was rather attractive, in, yeah, in the seventies kind of way. Well, um, then Dorothy goes into the kitchen because she just she just can't take it. It's just it's just too much, and so she gets the cake out and she sings, "What am I afraid of?" <clears throat> this song might be one, <laughs> and um, there is a snow emergency. Like you're living. Like I am living right now. Only mine is is beautiful. Hers was, oh, oh, we'll get into the difference between a snowstorm and a blizzard in a minute. Oh. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Only from someone who taught these distinctions. Um, It's time to do the dishes. Auntie M comes in and Dorothy says, no more match, no more matchmaking. Okay, Auntie M. And Auntie M wants to leave her kindergarten job and teach high school.
2: Auntie M has no idea what she is freaking talking about.
1: I'm going. You know, that's that's a big move for somebody who wants to make it. Um, <laughs> but didn't it kind
2: about, of? Was I the only one that thought that it was kind of creepy of Auntie M because she's trying to. One of the the excuses she uses is like, oh, wouldn't you like to be around people closer to your age? Because she just tried to get her to be set up with this guy. Now she's saying maybe you need to stop teaching kindergarten and go teach high school and be around people who are like developing and maturing. And it's like, is Auntie M trying to get her to date one of her students? What is going on? She
0: could have the miniseries. I was having a hard time paying attention to any of the dialogue at the beginning. There yeah. you go.
1: That's my girl. Okay. Um, uh,
0: 24
1: years old and she's never been south of 125th Street. Uh, fears defeated just by So that makes it
2: sound him. like it's in Harlem, but we'll get yeah, to And it
0: says it's set in Harlem. Yeah. It does.
1: So it's, I said it's, it's but weird. those of you who know the truth, okay. Um, okay, so here are a couple quotes. She's a 24 year old who's never been south of 125th Street. Fears are defeated just by facing them. Find a place for you and Toto, your own place. So it sounded like Auntie M wanted to get rid of her. <laughs> I mean, then there would just be 20 people around the table. Uh, then Toto runs out into the storm. Now, the difference between a snowstorm and a blizzard is wind. Yeah. So um, you can have a, a big snowstorm but it's not a blizzard unless you have the wind that is blowing. It blows so hard it becomes a snow tornado.
2: So that's real. there snow tornadoes are real
1: mm-hmm. um, And then we and then we see Glinda. What? I, and yeah, go ahead. We see Glinda and I got goosebumps.
2: Well, it's Lena Moore. And
1: then she spoke and I got more goosebumps because uh, oh. she's just gorgeous. Okay. Anyway, um, then Dorothy is spinning, in, she's still spinning. We just see Glinda and these babies that are suspended in in space yes yeah that was weird
2: well when we get to the nerd alerts about 1978 i think that a lot of things will start to make sense about the wiz
1: well when you do this research and you realize 1978 that's when poppy and i were in texas getting ready to go to indiana does that make dealing with me a little
0: easier yeah
1: It's just, I always refrain it when
2: it's my common refrain from true crime and stuff. I always go, man, the seventies were wild.
1: Yeah, (laughs) they were. Okay. Dorothy breaks through the Oz sign and these munchkins aren't called munchkins. No, they're not munchkins. What do we have the, the proper name for them? Um, At which point there are murals. There's a lot of graffiti on the walls and the graffiti comes to life. Now this is a part I enjoy. I thought that was really cool. Um, But they were dancing and it looked like the thriller dance. I'm just saying. And then the the non-munchkins are thrilled because she has killed their oppressor. The Oz sign killed the Wicked Witch of the East. Her name was Evermean, <laughs> which is adorable. Um, shoe things happen, but not Glinda. Shoe things. Shoe happens, things. Well, but not Glinda. The
0: shoes go on her. Mm. Yeah, but I think the. Uh, Glinda doesn't come yet.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like Glinda different, didn't different from- put the shoes on her.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. The shoes just like went from ever mean to her feet Mm -hmm. Okay, and they're silver not
1: ruby they are indeed and they look a touch more comfortable but they look like they were cutting her right there where her um, bunion was going to start popping okay then we meet Miss One who wasn't in the Wizard of Oz Miss One is a, a lower witch and Dorothy's asking where is New York she wanted to go to 433 Prospect Place, which teeny, where is that? That's in Brooklyn. See, she
2: was said she wanted to go home, and she the address she gives is in Brooklyn, but the
0: film is set in Harlem. But where they are, they're actually in Queens, where that scene takes place. <laughs> oh, Yvette.
1: Um. The Wiz can get you back. Oh, then then she says there are three witches in Oz. There is Miss One. There is Glinda. And and now the Wicked Witch of the West. Evil The Wiz can get you back. So this is all Miss One talking. Mm-hmm. This isn't Glinda. Well, the no, whiz can well, get Miss you back. One, so there's a song Ma,
2: in- Miss One is the Good Witch of the North. Oh, okay. She's also a numbers runner. So, just saying.
1: Oh, that's why she had all the numbers. Yeah. And she was running with numbers. Um, what, Ma? Do you there's... know what a numbers runner is? Yeah. It's gambling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: It's just funny because you you sound like it was literally like she had all, but I guess yeah, she was. She did have a bunch of numbers and she was she running. She literally
1: had a bunch but, of numbers, just and way, she was running. The
2: so. way you said it made it sound like you like oh, that's not that went over your head, but it did not. So continue.
1: <laughs> I lived through the seventies. <laughs> they were wild, and, uh, and, and some horrible things that could have happened to me didn't. So I, I find myself very lucky.
0: I mean, he didn't die from a serial killer. So,
1: right, so many, that alone.
0: so many,
1: yeah. Um, she sees uh, a cab to Oz, but it's off duty. Then everyone's gone, and she's singing, "I'm gonna be all right soon as I get home." Another snooze of a of a song. Then she's singing in a different place. I felt she was letting Toto run way too freely.
0: Okay, thank you. She, no
1: fucks about Toto.
0: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Toto
1: was only around when My other girl, Dorothy,
0: had a basket the whole time. Yes,
1: yes. And was genuinely concerned. Right. Yeah.
0: Mm -mm. They tried to leave Toto, like, every time. Yeah.
1: It looks like a war zone. Then we have crows. I did think the crows were
0: fun. Okay, I had no idea what those were until I had my until I saw in the closed captioning that the crows were singing.
1: Yeah, Didn't, because, because they were. I did it.
0: enjoy them, but.
2: I enjoyed them, but I couldn't help think of the crows in Dumbo. And remember the crows in Dumbo? Because the crows in Dumbo are very, um, like, oh, uh, me. they're mean, they're stereotypical oh remember okay. they were like nah. and, oh, it, and yes. it wasn't a black person doing the voice yeah, like no. so it was very like and so then when i saw this this is when i was well this wasn't the first time like miss one with the numbers runner where i was kind of looking at um producer director writer uh-huh. it has this am i the only uh-huh. one who's kind of like uh. uh-huh. so but i did they were entertaining
1: um Dumbo is canceled to me and you you do know why Dumbo is canceled to me I I mean it's
2: canceled Um, to me because I think it's single it has one of the single most saddest scenes of all time
1: it's canceled to me because we were downstairs on Berwick Court and Dumbo was coming on and I stuck a there used to be something called VCR tapes And you'd stick them in the VCR player and hit record. Yes.
0: I know about (laughs) those two.
1: But the tape I stuck in were Adam's first steps that got recorded. (laughs) And I taped over them with With Dumbo? Dumbo?
0: For some reason. I had to go I had to go to bed. I took I just got up and took (laughs) myself to bed. And we'll never know if Adam learned how to walk. (laughs)
1: Wall.
2: That would be funny if he went behind you doing like the scarecrow messed up walk.
1: <laughs> or the walk with his with his uh bar on. Yeah. Oh so is wait
2: it, when he had to walk with the bar on? Yeah. So this was not with the bar. This was. you could have just recorded his bar. <laughs> Sorry. His first steps with the bar. I thought in my mind and it never really made sense, but this is how memories can be um not reliable in my mind you recorded over his first steps with Princess Diana's wedding but that doesn't no. make chronological sense but it, right. I, I like that story better than you recorded you over Dumbo because I, I don't like Dumbo I think it's so sad
1: okay so um, you just a small paper dummy but he can read because she meets the scarecrow Okay. With the crows, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is Michael Jackson, and it's a, a, an adorable Michael Jackson. Yes, it's it's it's. This might have taken him on the road to deal with his nose, but he could always wear a Reese's peanut butter cup. Uh, is that really
0: what it was? Yeah, that's what it looked like to it me. It was.
2: It was painted on it, and he loved it because his brothers always made fun of how big his nose was. Yeah.
1: He took care of that. So the the crows have a crow anthem. Which is a great,
2: it's really dark, but it's actually a really great crow anthem. And like I was listening to it earlier, it was like, you you can't ever win. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, this is such a black, this is super black anthem right here.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, Dorothy's able to get him down. She shoos the crows away and he sings if I only had a brain and she has the bright idea, join me to find the whiz. Um, and then they couldn't find the yellow brick road, but then they found it. they eased on down the road and I stopped. I think that's that's perfect. Good job, ma. Thank you. Okay, so we are I know I oh, wait. I thought I wrote it down here. Okay, it must be in my reheatables. Um, We are to a POC. I didn't. I did not right. count
2: people of European descent in this film. Were there any?
0: I thought one of the crows might have been, but I thought he was like tell. more Latino. Yeah. But I don't know. You couldn't see their face. Yeah. Right. Right. So maybe not.
1: He just didn't dance as well as. He- <laughs>
2: Oh, I didn't let the record show that was not me. That was Friendly Fire.
1: <laughs> okay, did uh, cast, moments of cast? I do. I have um, a
2: couple. First of all, the colorism, if you notice, Glenda the Good Witch is Lena Horn, who's on the lighter side of the spectrum, and... Eveline, uh-huh. Eveline, the Wicked Witch of the West, was a darker-skinned woman, heavier set, and I was just like, "Oh man, look at that! Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's not that's not great." So just look at so that. Even
1: within, right? Even within yeah, a black even film. within
2: it. And then also, um, I like the. The whole film is sort of cast because it's set in. Well, okay, so the the Broadway production of The Wiz is still set in Kansas. The movie, this movie is set in an urban setting, which is it's nice because there's a lot of people who will watch the movie. They and it's like, oh, well, this is more of my life. My life is this urban setting. So Mm -hmm. it's like that. But there were just some things where I was just, like just having all the trash, like when yeah. after they the, the Scarecrow was all trash and very decayed and decrepit. And, and I I wondered how much of that was on purpose and to point out like because Cindy LeMay said something about The Wizard of Oz, like, well, we're not taking anything like then. There's the 1939 film is fantastic and great, but we're not taking anything from it. We're going to do the we're gonna be, it's completely different. They're an all white cast, we're an all black cast, we're gonna talk to like the speak of the black experience. And so I think when you look yeah. at it that way that it's it is kind of like, Oh look, look at oh, the you go to Oz and it's beautiful and technicolor and all the colors and it's so pretty and then she's this and I was you know, the trash line streets and instead of being full of straw, he's full of trash.
0: I kinda uh. thought they were doing that on I thought that was the point of it, though. Yeah,
2: but I thought that that was interesting to make that, like, hey, look, there there are
0: two... I read... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I read, or, like, we were watching something on YouTube about it, about how, like, it kind of symbolizes, like, in this one, how, like, you think, like, part of... Partly is, like, money and, like, uh... Like, you're going out, like, you think everything's going to be better when you get to the Emerald City, and it's, like, you have all the riches, and everything's nice, and, like, fashion, and all that, but, like, there's dictatorship, and so I just kind of took it as they're showing the contrast, which is still, like, the power of caste within that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Yeah, the whole premise but also kind of like I did that. think that the streets lined with trash were just an accurate depiction of being in New York City. Yeah, and especially the 70s. We're yeah, at a trash was strike. this the strike? Yeah. yeah, I was
1: wondering if it was during the strike. Because the streets did look like that during the, the strike.
2: And so then my other parts of power of cast is, I kind of mentioned it before, the writer of this, the director of this, and the producer of this are all white men. So... I do wonder what would have been
0: different. But it's, I mean, not surprising, yeah. but like, it's not surprising, but it's like, okay. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's like, and and these three men, I, I don't, like, I don't want to, I'm not putting them down in any way, and I'm not saying like, oh, they're racist. I'm just saying that this movie has this all-black cast, and it's the three people who are in charge of it, who are the writer, the director, and the producer are white men, so they're coming at it with their instinct like they're you know through their eyes and you know doing the best that they can and stuff but i do wonder about the little nuances of if the screenplay had been written by somebody other than Uh, Joel schumacher uh, specifically also this film was a box office failure when it came out critical and financial and the Hollywood studios stopped producing all black projects pretty much because of this film. And you look at the careers and what happened. You have Rob Cohen who went on to do great things. The producer of this, you have Sidney LeMay who had directed it. He still went on to, to make films, Joel Schumacher who wrote it. He had a story career after it. And yet this killed Diana Ross's film career. This was the last feature film that she made. And I just, it's the power of cast is that who got blamed for this Uh being a financial, a a blockbuster flop. And the thing of it is, in my opinion, watching it is that I don't have, I don't think it was Diana Ross's fault. I don't think it was anybody in the cast. In fact, I think the cast was great. I find the fault to be in the three white men who have it, and their and yet their careers they were able to keep going on in hollywood mm-hmm. and keep producing things and we get robbed of i think you know you could say what you want about her in this role if she's miscast but diana ross is a singular talent so. and i didn't think so either i actually thought like when they changed the script to be like she's a 24 year old and she's very insecure and I'll get into it with the reheatables. I have another point about that, but I thought she was great and fantastic. And it's just another example of like, look what we were robbed. This is why we can't have nice things.
1: We were robbed of her, but we were also robbed of all those other projects that were in development Mm -hmm. of people who we probably never got to know. And it's
2: just, and it's that not being able to, like, sure, this was a Motown production, but the person in charge of it was still a white guy. It was still, it was still, like, these white men, and even though their intentions were great, they didn't suffer any of it. They still got other chances, but yet the talent who was trying their best to keep this boat show afloat is the one that gets panned, and I think that's why there's so much love for this film in the black community, is because, like, like, it mattered there's because i was doing a bunch of reading and so many times i would see that that this is a big film in houses like to this day for thanksgiving and stuff the families watch it because in 1978 at the time this was one of the few films where this these were the stars like they didn't have a tyler perry you know producing work for the the community and the culture this was it and so the,
1: Right, and this was not a black exploitation film. This was the time of black exploitation. Mm-hmm. So no, no, I read
0: one thing that said it was. Oh, it okay.
1: does because it
2: gets lumped into it because it's no, black it's, people. It's, yeah, right. It's an all-black cast, so that means it's a black exploitation film. Right, but that's wow. that's also the power of cast.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. And then the whole set, the whole reason. Uh, I mean, Auntie M wanted her married so mm-hmm. she couldn't be a complete woman if she wasn't married. So there was that.
2: But I think but oh. from Auntie M's point of view in the, in the power of caste, she's a black woman. She's at the bottom rung of that. So for mm-hmm. Auntie M, it's like she wants to know that she's going to be taken care of and going to be okay in the world and that means that she has to be married to a man.
1: You know? Also, I just thought of um as far as A teacher hierarchy. Elementary school teachers are considered the bottom rung. I mean, if you're going to be a teacher, you know, at least be high school or college. Yeah, I mean, shit runs downhill, and it all hits the uh, yeah. Because if you if you're a high school teacher, okay, I'm not even going to get into it. But the fact that that cast is in it, your kindergarten teacher get out and be a high school teacher. And the Auntie M said it so that she would meet more friends because there's more faculty in a high school and that not. Oh, I yeah.
2: instantly went to Auntie M's trying to get her to be the teacher. Oh I my know. gosh. Okay, nerd alerts. Okay, guys. My nerd, or sorry, I have to find my nerd alerts. So many pieces of paper. Okay, this film came out in 1978. Here's some stuff that went down in 1978. Um, We're just starting it off in January. Boom. Ted Bundy. Florida State murders. just Right off the bat. Oh, wow. Keep going. Richard Chase. uh, Quote, the vampire of Sacramento arrested. Boom. Another one. The blizzard of 78. That's a thing. There were blizzards in uh, the Midwest and there were big blizzards in New York and the Northeast like a hundred people died
1: well we were in texas
2: mm-hmm. and uh, i was about to say fingers crossed but not for that no nah, not for that um in los angeles the hillside stranglers on the prowl yeah damn charlie chaplin his remains were stolen from switzerland what were y'all doing
1: in the 70s man they probably uh, were going to try to smoke his remains. I don't know. I'm telling you, people would try to smoke anything. Anything.
0: In <laughs> what Ro- were you talking about last week? Mescaline? <laughs> was that it? Yeah. It's the 70s, man. Roman Polanski. Were, Mes- were you on mescaline in 1978?
1: I was not. <laughs> that was the year before. 77, Yes. <laughs> That might have been. Allegedly, it could have been college years, but who knows?
2: (laughs) Well, that's in the seventies, and the seventies were wild. Roman Polanski skips bail and flees to France after pleading guilty to charges of engaging in sex with a thirteen-year-old girl. Seventies, Dallas debuted on CBS. That was oh um, god! I had a
0: friend, girl, my... Best friend in elementary school would have to leave every night to go watch Dallas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I, I loved it. Cause we had just left.
2: Yeah. Texas, so. I remember Dallas quite well. Okay. Oh, listen to this. Afghanistan's president Darud Khan is killed. His family is murdered in a Marxist military coup d'etat, thus starting the Afghan civil war, which has not ended. <laughs> Wild. And never will. And never will. Wild. The first unabomber attack happened in 1978. Oh my God. The son of Sam is sentenced to 365 years in prison in 1978. Is that four serial killers though Oh, it's like Five? more than that. It's so many. No. Oh, but to tie in to The Wiz, The Wizard of Oz, the rainbow flag is flown for the first time ah. in 1978. And you can listen to The Wizard of Oz and we do a whole thing about that in there. Bob Crane is found bludgeoned to death, a.k.a. dead, and it remains unsolved. Wasn't he in, what was he in, Hogan's Heroes or something? Hogan's Heroes, Yeah, it's one of those unsolved Hollywood
1: mysteries. Yeah, there's supposed to be some sexual stuff involved.
2: Yeah, he
1: was into some,
2: you know, some things uh keith moon i'm not judging keith moon of the who he died yes he's the drummer yes that made me sad i didn't know that there was i mean i i knew because there was a pope john paul ii but i did not realize that pope john paul i that he died after only 33 days of the papacy so yeah. that seems wild to be happening in '78. The
1: pope and dies. There's not a, a movie about that. Like a, a conspiracy theory that he was killed.
2: Come on. Well, according to Wikipedia, there's a whole section on it. So, so yeah, that's 1978. The top five films were number five was Heaven Can Wait, four was Every Which Way But Loose, three was Animal House. Two was Teenie's Grease, and the number one film of 1978 was Superman. Um, the film that won for that year, which wasn't awarded until the next year, you know, because that's the weird thing the Oscars do, was The Deer Hunter. So <sighs> overall, that was yeah. 1978. And then yeah. the film that actually got the Academy Award in 1978 for 1977 was Annie Hall so okay those are that it was america in 1978 yeah. a lot of like just murders serial killings uh, wild wild times
1: yeah
0: yeah like wow. congratulations that- on not getting murdered mm-hmm.
1: yeah or getting killed in a car crash or well there's so many things that could have happened okay um, Going reheat- down a bad trip. Oh, any other nerd alerts? I'm oh, sorry. those are my only nerd uh, alerts. No. no. Reheatables, negatives. Okay. Do you want to go first? Um, Nips- Nipsy Russell's fourth wife, Teenie. <laughs> you think that's a bad?
2: That's your n- negative. Yeah, that's a negative. Oh, yeah.
1: Did yeah, you see funny. her? That is not <laughs> our Teeny. Um, uh, uh, missing Toto. I mean, Toto uh, was not in several scenes that Toto should have been in. Uh, most of the songs, total negatives. And I said, wasn't Motown a part of this? Mm. You had all of Motown at your disposal and these are the songs you came up with? But I think these are the songs that were
2: from the Wiz. From the Broadway production, and didn't they still win seven Tonys? Yeah, they won a lot, and also like you know, like Luther Vandross wrote a lot of the songs, and I feel like because I, I think Luther Vandross is a fantastic singer, but he's not what I gravitate towards as far as the And he, Well, just his songs, because it, it's all about like being able to sing, and it's very jazzy and stuff, oh, and yeah. I'm just not yeah. that sophisticated musically,
1: right. Okay, the monkey's, the monkey's lips, oh, the monkey's lips. That me. was, the, there's some, yeah. That was so bad. There is no excuse for that. Um, I was, Eveline, Eveline wasn't going to fit in those shoes. I mean, Dorothy has narrow feet. <laughs> yeah. Eveline was not going to put her big ass foot in those shoes. That wasn't going to work. Um, and the loincloth diaper thing in the, the dance scene. That whole scene for me. I'm oh,
2: just... well, that was when they were because they had been oppressed and then they shed it yeah. off and they were able to have their full bodies and stuff. And, you yeah, know, Joel Schumacher, cloth. guys, again, Batman and Robin.
1: It's, it's like, uh, OK, I see. I keep waiting for something
2: to slip. There probably is some symbolism of, like, throwing off your shackles and going back to who you were before. I feel like there's some black symbolism involved. Uh,
0: And that's why I felt bad putting that scene as a negative, but it was so long. Yes. That song was, like, 20 minutes long. It was.
1: Mm -hmm. Even when you fast-forwarded through it. I did... yeah. Okay, those were my... uh, Those were my standing out negatives. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I put when she meets the scarecrow or when they're they're about to head on their adventure, we were watching it and Adam said, will you just walk? Like that scarecrow so he pretended like he couldn't walk and then all of a sudden he's dancing across the damn bridge. Yeah, but look how he was dancing. I know. Dorothy was not worried about Toto at all. No, yeah. not until he was about to keep throwing the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read, well, I guess I'll just put this in my negative. I was like reading a review. A review. Um, it is, I was reading Roger Ebert's review from 1978. He gave the movie three stars. Uh, and this kind of like summed up this part, summed up kind of what I thought about it. And he said, the whiz asked for our suspension of disbelief and earns it after a slow start. And that great shot of Dorothy and the scarecrow dancing across the yellow brick bridge towards the towers of Manhattan. Up until then, the, up until then, the going has been a little awkward. We don't really understand why Dorothy is such a mope at her aunt's dinner party. And after she and her dog Toto were whirled away by a snowstorm The scene in the playground really drags. Lots of graffiti people drawn on the walls come to life and dance about like a Broadway chorus line. And then Dorothy finally finds her first yellow brick. And I thought, until Dorothy found her first yellow brick, I was bored. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And those are my negatives.
1: Because she was so boring looking, too.
2: uh, I that's what she was supposed to be. I, yeah, I get Like, she was really nailing that. So mine, yeah, I was very disappointed by the songs. I, when I watched The Wizard of Oz last week, I had Ease on Down the Road stuck in my head. And I thought, like, oh, it's The Wiz. There's going to be all these songs. I'm going to be like, that was from The Wiz? That was from The Wiz? And then I was like, oh, no, it's not that kind of a musical, Erin. Okay. But, Again, would it be my fault? It's a Motown production. Quincy Jones, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson. But that's why it's a it's a negative reheatable. Um, yeah. the, okay, when I was in film school, which was college, but I just studied film. Um, the first thing in my screenwriting class that my teacher, Professor Abrams, taught me was... Whenever you're going to write a script, it is better for you to have your character come in through a window than through the door. Why? Because the window is more interesting. Why did they have to come in through the window? So it was just that was the example he used of like when you start a, a movie, a film, a story, you want you need to grab it. And so a lot of times in musicals and stuff, there will be a great musical number and it and i was just flabbergasted by this i was like is this a yeah. 70s subversion of how we are literally just easing into this film and then there's like the the song and it's the it's just very very ballady and there's nothing grabbing me so okay it just seemed like a more of an opera kind of thing me, and I'm and you know of just d- opera music and that thing. And I'm like, I'm, right. th- I'm not that sophisticated. Um, where's the head trauma? She's in the snowstorm, so I'm like, all right, she's in New York City. There's wind. It's gonna knock, knock her on her the, head. the head. <laughs> because remember, that was my big epiphany from The Wizard of Oz. It was like, oh my gosh, she got hit in the head. This is all in her mind, and this is a head trauma. And this, there was no head trauma. There was no, she just blows like her whole thing. Very, like, oh, okay. Okay. It's a snow tornado, but yet it knows how to navigate the streets of Harlem, Brooklyn. Weird <laughs> to me.
0: Yeah, the tornado wasn't very good. And Not I, compared to the tornado we saw last right. week. Right. And I don't understand
2: why that would be changed. Right why something wouldn't, why a sign wouldn't hit her head when she went to get Toto. Right, yeah, right, you know, like right. I, I just didn't understand. Or she slips on the ice, you know, like you're already doing the wizard of Oz, the, the beats and stuff are going to be kind of the same. I understand you're going to change things because it's urban, but yeah, she slips on the ice, some sort of head wound so that I'm like, okay, she's knocked out. I it's just like, wh- I had so many questions with what these three white men were thinking. Um, the the thing, Miss M being a numbers runner, eh, it could go either way because there are numbers runners and stuff. But again, I would have a I would feel better about that if the three people in charge of the movie weren't three white men. Because I'm just kind of like, Whoa. is is this just the low hanging fruit that you make Miss One a numbers runner? I don't know. The flying monkeys. I thought the the bikes were cool. But I felt real awkward about their whole getup, as Ma pointed out. And then I kind of did a little golf applause because, hey, I also felt awkward about the flying monkeys in the first Wizard of Oz. So yeah. well played for <laughs> for seeing my awkwardness and raising it. Um, man, Joel Schumacher and the 70s. And I, I, what was the '70s? What was drugs and what was Joel Schumacher? That's <laughs> it's all the same
1: thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the 70s. Man. And my final negative reheatable is the ending. She's always singing about how much she wants to go home. We spent all that time at the party at the beginning, which I think we all agree could have been chopped up and cut down significantly. And then at yes. the end, all she says is she wants to go home. And we never even see a reunion of her with her family yeah, showing off Agreed. how much she's grown and
0: what she's uh, learned. I didn't
1: care at all. I was Me either, I myself. know. I was like, I was the, my positive reheatable was it was over. Yeah. Then it, yeah. Then it just and like... I did like
0: that song. I could sing that song while I'm making dinner. Hmm. The Believe song? The last song? Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah yeah like that was there are like, uh, oh. a couple of bangers in there mm-hmm. there are like maybe three yeah I would say six okay okay.
1: See, you're, you're far kinder than because
2: I because she's a singer like if there are certain songs where you're gonna mm-hmm. like it if you can sing because it's gonna be fun to sing but for people like us who can't sing we're like there's no fun in this for us
1: Yeah. yeah okay are those everybody's um, negatives. Yes. So we are to positives. I have, I have more positives than negatives. The Chrysler building, oh. the Chrysler building. I mean, that's just so freaking cool. Um, the Tin man's vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Now Nipsey Russell was known to have a fabulous vocabulary. Um, uh, but just a couple promenade promenade and metatarsals. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Okay. Quotes Scarecrow. Oh, the quotes that the scarecrow would pull out of
0: his trash stuffing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like I like Were that. Those, Adam, I didn't notice. Adam said, Are those supposed to be like fortune cookie slips? Because oh. he's made out of trash.
2: Maybe, or I thought that he, that they had, uh, you know, the seventies were wild and dark. Somebody had just, uh, shredded up some books from the library and stuff. That's exactly with what it. I thought it was shredded <laughs>
1: books. I liked that New York city was Emerald city. Mm-hmm. Um, D-R- Doris, D R Diana Ross, Diana Ross. <laughs> wow. She could run in those shoes. Yeah. I mean, she, she was could. running in those shoes. Yep. Um, and of course, the Reese's cup nose on Michael Jackson. Those were my. Stick out positives.
0: I wrote being snowed in. Mm. Mm. Fingers crossed for a blizzard <laughs> <laughs> coming down the street. That did right not kill 100 people. <laughs> there we go. But uh, it's uh, the wind. Oh, I wrote the crows. I enjoyed them, apparently.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for the one white one. <laughs> um,
0: uh, I just didn't know they were crows at first. Uh, I'm not, because I'm not smart. Well, they no, they
1: had huge, overly exaggerated beaks, which, I mean, which, which made you go, yeah.
2: "What? What, yeah. what is this? Yeah. Is this okay?" <laughs> yeah. As we, as we commonly do, have gone with the bushes with these old films. The, yeah. the weight of like, oh, what is this?
0: <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask Erin about where these this Yellow Brick Road walk falls in your oh rankings. it's me. I have it in my good reheatables because that walk that they were doing the scarecrow uh, the scarecrow and Dorothy yeah <laughs> oh <goodness. laughs> so good man. let's just say I
2: had to, th- some things had to get moved around.
1: Adam is reminding me of of your basketball games, where (laughs) he would just walk back and forth in front of the camera. Because, okay, I digress. I'm sorry.
0: I wrote down Vegas because I thought we were going to Vegas, because that's always on our minds. When we saw New York City with the roller coaster, we thought that they were going to New York, New York, and I was like, oh my God, is Vegas <laughs> the Emerald City? Oh, what a great Emerald City! I am, my personal Emerald yeah. City. Yeah. Oh my God, that would be so
2: cool. I have to say, TE, I have been like, Vegas comes pops into my head at least once. Like, th- I am an introvert, and so I've been doing pretty well with this whole quarantine, except I'm like, man, I have not been to Vegas. Like, I like no that first trip back I crazy. just love I just love going to Vegas for like two days and then like bouncing out it's and I just it's just those two days of just going hard, just vegas <laughs> hard, and then
0: <laughs> man, I've missed it, maybe this year, ah oh, man, God bless, um, and usually this week we would be there, yeah, mhm, and we would have the doggies, yep. Uh the makeup I thought was good. Mhm. I enjoyed the makeup. I read a fact about it and I forget what it was. The same guy that did what other makeup? Stan Winston, right?
2: Yeah, he did some other kind of makeup. I got you in the tasty nuggets.
0: Uh-oh, I just What did he do? I I got it in tasty nuggets oh, you got I have okay, like a good. whole list. Um I'll save that because I made that my MVP uh just diana ross's dancing yeah so good Mm -hmm. in those Uh, shoes just like fun like that's how if i liked to dance if i were to be a dancer that's how i want to dance
1: it's just feeling totally confident
0: in and just moving how you want to move to the music doesn't and and seems not... like such control of her body, but, like, a way to make it seem uncontrollable. Like, uh-huh. it looked uncontrollable, but to know how much control over your body, you have to have to do that kind of thing. Because she was still
1: on the beat, as opposed mm-hmm. to me, who...
0: Yeah. I call and it... Half, and then half of the songs I really enjoyed. Okay, good. Mm-hmm.
1: There there were a
0: couple. It's, it's hard for us, because we have the
2: Motown... We just have this these preconceived <laughs> notions in our head and it's yeah, it's it's like, it's on
0: us, but you I know. Think from somebody it was very stereotypical musical, I thought. Yeah. That's that was kind of like some weird. of the, like you think it's gonna be these amazing songs, but a lot of them were just like, Okay, here's another musical.
1: Yeah, here's another song to get us through this part. I thought yeah. of another
0: negative. Mm-hmm. The fact okay. that they thought this would be a good live for TV thing in two thousand fifteen. Oh my
1: god, yes.
0: I thought that yeah. it was I thought that I watched it and I thought I liked it, but maybe I didn't. Because oh, they didn't. The, it was Neo. Uh, Neo was the Tin Man. Yeah. Oh.
2: And there was like a girl. She was really good. That was Dorothy. Like she was like I don't know. I didn't. Watch, I just feel
0: like every single one of those things is terrible when they do the live musicals on TV. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of hype and
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I love me some Carrie Underwood, but she did not pull off Maria Von Drew. Yeah, and, and the vampire from True Blood did not pull off being Oh, um, Admiral Oh uh, Yeah.
2: But, I, okay. but I'm glad, it's one of those things, but I'm glad they did it. Like, this whole movie is just like, I'm glad they did it. It's not for oh, me, yeah. but I'm glad I, like, I, yes. I understand. Like, it, yeah, because I'm not a big musical person for the thing. Like the, if you ask me the musicals that I like, and then you look at the songs, you're like, oh, you're a, you like pop music, and and you like,
0: yeah. like you like
2: your musicals to have every songs a banger. See Hedvig and the Angry Inch, <laughs> like that's, that's what I gravitate towards. So it just says Which I've more never about seen, me.
1: Actually, oh, we will be doing oh, it. We will be doing it yes uh-huh, i remember going to see it okay um Excuse Aaron, me? did you do your positives i have not
2: so my first positive is ease on down the road yeah that's yeah. a good one i mean just the song because i still have it stuck yeah. in my head um which brings me to, I had to reshuffle my Aaron Bush's <laughs> favorite walks of all time. Okay. I had to move down Judy Garland and the three of them to number three. And now I had to, this is, it's tough because it, it this is one of those things where it's just going to depend on the day that you catch me. Because I have right now, I have the whiz at number two. Because... Okay. And the reason is, it's because it's almost... There's almost too much going on. But in that sense, it is, like, the definition of happy. It's It combines, right. like, the skipping with the number one, which this is why they can interchange, because the whole thing about the George Jefferson is the arms. And exactly. then when I saw this, I was like, holy... Like, I literally put my head like was like holy fuck and i did say that out loud to myself it's a a combination they took the george jefferson arms and they paired it with the sheer effervescence of the, the like just easing on down the road and it's diana ross and it's michael jackson and they got the arms going and i i i'm like when i can't wait to be that happy again where the yeah where i'm just doing that that's gonna be my vegas walk so
0: vegas that's how we're walking down the that's strip. exactly <laughs> just go like with the
2: arms and everything man. okay you
1: have to send us a video man
2: down the 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 old downtown <laughs> just yeah oh i love it i love it i it, it brought me so much joy oh my next is how there were no munchkins And the the people who were the munchkins, that they had been turned into graffiti by Evermean, And that is so much darker than the munchkins of Munchkinland. That's true.
0: Yeah. like That's
2: dark shit. They're like, yeah, now you're just graffiti. And then when she died, they could come out. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Well, this is the black version of the Wiz. So shit's going to be dark because shit is really dark in real life look at y'all with your little multicolor munchkin land meanwhile this is how it really is i was like damn um michael jackson is the scarecrow it's just like all of the stuff that you know say what you will his past and if you don't mess with michael jackson anymore okay whatever but that man was a star and his dance moves when he was spinning and doing the ease on down the road, oh, yeah, that was and good. all of his moves—it's
1: just—it's cr- with all that extra stuff on too.
2: Yeah, just crazy, <sighs> crazy. Solid cast. I mean, Nipsey right. Russell as the Tin Man mm-hmm. was great. The other guy, he was great as the Cowardly Lion. But like, I, I kind of think that I read some I reviews he great. where he kind of got lost in his makeup. And so you kind of that's why he was maybe like the one of the weaker links of it. But I thought he was great.
1: Victory casting. Okay, nice. The perfect
2: one. I have that the makeup was great. Okay, here's one, especially for that last song where Diana Ross is singing. I always because I know Diana Ross from, you know, the Supremes and stuff. And it was to me before this film, she had been like a, a j-lo in that you know you're not really like j a fantastic entertainer she's got a solid right. voice but she's she's no like whitney houston you know like she's got an right. adequate voice and she can sing but you're not like damn j-lo fantastic singer and i mean no disrespect in no in any but way. she
1: knows what she can do exactly. and she does that well but she doesn't try to go beyond that
2: i was blown away with diana ross's voice in this I did not realize that she could sing as well as she could sing and just shame on me. I was just, wow. Um, I thought the dance numbers were too long. Yes. Um, I like that. There's like a generation of people who like, this was like, we're going to see black people singing and dancing and like being in the Wizard of Oz and it's all black people. And because that's just, it's just so rare for Hollywood to do such a thing. Yeah. Oh. And
1: then they did it after the flop.
2: Yeah. And I think um, Dorothy's, I think a real good reheatable for especially right now is Dorothy's agoraphobia. How she doesn't want to yeah. go out. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who <laughs> maybe right here are like, Ooh, going out. Hmm.
1: <laughs>
2: guess, yeah. we, guess we gotta guess we gotta be out now once it's safe and everything and cause honestly when's that gonna happen so eh, you know but I do think that that's a great reheatable there's gonna be a lot of people who are like why do I need to go outside if I don't have to right so and then finally with Teeny, the sheer life affirming effervescence of Diana Ross's dance moves yeah especially we said it when she was easing on down the road but then in that super long at the end 20 minute thing i the only reason i didn't fast forward it honestly was because i just was just watching diana ross and had got so much joy from just watching her dance in that thing and that whole thing just i was just pinpoint on her and just like look at her how is she, she's just so, how is she moving like that? On beat effervescent. Just, I just going for it. it was fantastic,
1: man. Okay. So we are to quotables. Um, <laughs> I have, okay. there's nobody home in soulville. I think that was oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Let me lubricate my mind. Ooh, oh, that's let you. Me do that right yeah. now, <laughs> everybody. Lubricate your mind. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Mama had high ideals. Mm hmm. Um, would you like sauerkraut or mustard, my dear, with your hot? Dog?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was that was devilishly evil.
0: Devilishly evil. I had. I guess this is when Evermean was killed. me. yeah. This, she said, ain't no more is. Thanks to you, it's a was. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, lay, lay, my, let me lay my twenty twenties on you. Yes. Uh, when the ten man said, "Don't worry, I wasn't planning any promenades." <laughs> yes. Um, I t- I told you nothing hurts me. I have no feelings. <laughs> uh, and there's not much amusement in the closing down of an amusement park. Ooh. Yeah. Excuse <coughs> me. <Whoa. laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, closing an amusement park <laughs> <really> <laughs> d- Oh yeah. <laughs> Teeny, teeny, teeny. Oh! Teeny, teeny, teeny. Personal favorite quote. And Christine sent us this, uh, a shot of that saying, This better be Adam at my funeral. That was funny. It was just like teeny, teeny, teeny. And the tears.
2: I have another quote from the Tin Man. The genius who created me only took care of my dashing good looks, my razor wit, and my irresistible attraction to the wrong women. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah the Tin Man, you he, can
2: do all of his goals. Oh, man, he had so many. Um, this is uh, Dot or Dorothy. <laughs> I started calling her Dot at some point. Oh, good idea. Um, she said, I can't see how going south of 125th Street ever made anybody's life better i'm like well i gotta kind of see your point um especially especially new york in the 70s from what i've heard oh man uh the tin man also said oh what i wouldn't give to be in shock just once <laughs> <laughs> and then like the, the first part of your quote was what he said that's my name fleetwood coupe deville and the second part was what you had. Mama had high ideals. Know what I mean? <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> and then when Miss One said, this chick put the Ugg in ugly. Oh, uh, yeah. I
1: was like, Ooh. "Ooh, damn. Okay. Quotables are over. So we are to LVP. <clears throat> Already stated mine. You have Motown at your disposal and some of those songs needed a revamp.
0: Yeah. I also said, it's just, a combination, my LVP was, it was too long and Mm -hmm. it didn't need that. It didn't need to be, there was like too many songs. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was another example of like the beginning of the movie. I just didn't need. Yep. Right. And like, I always feel like they like tried to do too much to set the table and like this, but like everyone knows the story, like it's not a story you need to tell more of. Exactly.
2: My LVP is uh, Joel Schumacher. What the fuck was this script, my guy? Yeah. That's just yeah. Because apparently he saw The Wiz, the musical, but nothing from that is incorporated into the script. So I the because songs are in
1: Kansas, so they had to. But yeah, yeah.
2: So I'm just like, man,
1: okay, okay. For MVP, I have a couple runners up. <clears throat> Evelyn's dress. I mean, oh yeah, That's You good. could just look at that thing for hours and see things you hadn't seen before mm-hmm. in that dress. <laughs> And then I like that she went with comfortable shoes as well. You know? Uh, Lena Horns singing Believe in Yourself. hmm I mean, That was... Because her speaking voice is just so rich and whatever. But I love the urban setting. I love that the munchkins had been graffiti, and then they came out of the graffiti. I like that. Mm-hmm. Urban setting and the subway and... Crossing the bridge. And- I wonder
2: if anybody has gone online and just significantly done a recut, and what that movie would
1: be—of
2: mm. just cutting a bunch of stuff. And
1: yeah, the snoozer of that first song would be <laughs> one.
0: Um, yeah, I had a couple of runner-ups. Also, the costumes I really enjoyed. Uh, Agreed. I loved the scene like I did really like I really liked some of the musical numbers. I liked when they were at Emerald City and doing the like green is the color now red's the color. Yeah, like yeah. the color that was very um, much
2: like also with the ballrooms like the gay ballroom scene. Yeah. It seemed. Yeah, very that much... was really cool. Yeah.
0: Um, Diana Ross was almost my MVP. But then the next runner up was the subway scene. I loved it. It was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my overall MVP, because I kept going back to things that this character did, was Nipsey Russell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought the Ten Man was so good. He was really good. And his costume I
1: mean, the different cans that he was made out of. And you could see, I saw a Budweiser can and just different yeah and and his face, how they had, you know, like made it look like he was bolt his eyebrows were bolted on and
0: mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> my MVP is a little out of left field, but I feel like there's no way around it. So, because of this movie, Michael Jackson met Quincy Jones. So the MVP for me of this film, is off the wall thriller and bad well, that's true. like <laughs> i mean we got those three albums because of this film so yeah okay all of the other things that we want to say about it okay whatever hey we got off the wall thriller and bad and you can feel how you want to feel about michael jackson but it's off the wall thriller and bad
1: yeah Cause that one, that one dance number, was it the graffiti people? And it really looked like Thriller. Mm -hmm. Like that was the beginning of Thriller.
0: Well, this was, and then the subway station where they, the subway station was also where they did the music video for bad. Yeah.
1: It looked like the same
2: one. And and this was because of this film, it kind of got Michael Jackson out from under his father's thumb.
0: Yeah, so, it seemed like a transition point in between. Yeah, like at night yeah. he could
2: go out to, he would go to like Studio 54 and stuff and be exposed to, um, at, at least musically, the, uh, the new hip, burgeoning hip-hop and beatbox and all these different songs. And and I was reading something, I think it was like a Time Magazine article about how when Michael Jackson went to Studio 54 and he would dance the whole nightclub just stopped. So like the straight side would stop and watch him dance. And the gay side of the nightclub would also just stop and watch him dance. And I think there was like, that's probably that's why that's to me is the MVP is because
1: there's a documentary about studio 54. Cause it was only around like a couple years, but everybody went, Oh my God. And And you heard about it. Like, Heard about somebody coming in on a white stallion into <laughs> Studio 54. And Anderson Cooper used to hang out there as a kid. Yeah. Okay. Recasting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so my Dorothy is going to be Zendaya. Okay. My Miss One is going to be Whoopi. Mm. Oh. I'm sticking with Usher as my Scarecrow. Oh. My Tin Man is going to be Kenan Thompson. He would be a good Tin oh, Man. My Lion, James Monroe Inglehart. Don't know who he is? He was the genie uh, in Aladdin on Broadway. Oh! And then he became—I think he did. I think he did uh, Lafayette and Jefferson in Hamilton for a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He hmm. um, look him up, James Monroe Engelhart. He, yeah, he Yeah, would, he would be good. Totally be the lion. My Glinda, uh, you know, because we're going to go with a light skinned black woman who's like everything, is Beyonce. <laughs> my uh, Wicked Witch of the West is Monique.
2: Oh, I, I think she would be
1: mad about that. Ooh, do I have some words for that? And my Wiz is feed Diggs. We would be a good whiz.
2: A good whiz. We, we we never even mentioned how good Richard Pryor was as the whiz. Oh
1: God, I he love. He was so good. Uh, yeah, his he's good. face and his ability to look so innocent. I I remember after he had blown himself up doing crack, he came back and he said, "I dunked an Oreo <laughs> in milk, <laughs> and it blew up." <laughs> So yes, that is my recasting. Thank you very much.
2: Okay, so my dot is Marseille Martin, who's the daughter. on am uh, blackish. I know,
1: but she's got such an attitude. I know. She that
2: would be a, a whole different one, yes. and it might be better. I feel like it'd be. It's leaning into the whiz Sydney LeMay envisioned. <laughs> yeah, because she she's coming in with an attitude. My scarecrow is Bruno Mars. Oh, good one. My Tin Man is The Weeknd. Okay. My Lion is Sam Richardson. He was on Veep. Remember, he he was the guy on Veep that he. Is he the the, the, the dorky
1: guy? Yes. um, Jonah? Yeah. Oh, God, I love him. He's great. I love
2: him. My Wiz is Denzel Washington. (laughs) That's just... I mean, Denzel... Like, I would love to see Denzel Washington play the Wiz. Like, what would... How he would do it. Because he has all... He could do all his Denzel Washington moves, his... (laughs) And then he could get real intense, and then real, like, like, uh, he's done a bad, bad thing, and all of it. Did you see
1: tiny little
2: little thing or whatever little remember because there was a shot it was like literally right outside i was like that's my street yeah (laughs) where all the prostitutes are i'm sorry sex workers but it was the 90s so they were still prostitutes then yeah yeah that's right there like it's right I there. Thought
1: I, I kept looking for something that I recognized. There was a
2: lot that VIP uh, showgirls places like around the corner. I know. I this was just is like, incredible. oh, all of the CD locations are just my neighborhood. was in North Hollywood. Yeah, they filmed a lot of it in LA, and they had to be in the '90s. So I'm just like, hey, <laughs> it's okay. Um, my good witch is RuPaul.
1: Oh, I like that. And then
2: my bad witch is Diana Ross. Oh. -hmm.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a fun twist. Yep. Because then she could be all made up and she could look like Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tasty nuggets. Okay. Okay, I have a question. Yes. Yeah. So they went to see Richard Pryor, he told him they had to go kill somebody. They become contract takes, killers. Yeah, she takes off her per, pearl earrings. Well, that had to have been a big, significant thing. Oh, I because didn't even notice that. She took off her earrings? Uh, yeah, she took off her pearl earrings. Oh,
2: maybe it's the classic, like, I'm about to fight. So we got, yeah. <laughs> you know, the classic take off the earrings. Maybe it was. Lather, pearl. lather, vaseline done. all on your face. Yeah, okay. those studs, that you box yours in. You don't want that. The studs, to get boxed in. Like, if you're going to fight, that's the first thing. Like, I don't have, that's why I never got my ears pierced. So, when I I'm fighting,
1: I don't have to. I did notice how her pearl earrings really stuck out on her earlobes. Like, they weren't absorbed in the fat of fat earlobes. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> notice
2: she had earrings, to be honest. I didn't I either. Know.
1: I always notice earrings. Okay. <clears throat> That's it for your tasty nuggets? No, I have a, I have a lot of tasty nuggets. Uh, yeah, it won Best Musical on Broadway. Um, Diana Ross, oh, lobbied to bring Michael Jackson if she could be cast. I mean, people mm-hmm. did not, they did not want to cast her. She was 33. And um, she goes, okay, but if you bring me on... I can bring Michael Jackson.
2: Yeah, but so so Stephanie Mills, who went on to become a, a star in her own right, Stephanie Mills, when she was a teenager, she was the one that originated Dorothy in The Wiz. And so when they were making the movie, Barry Gordy wanted it to be Stephanie Mills because she had been in the Broadway version. And also she was significantly younger because in the Broadway version, like in the Wizard of Oz film version, you know, Dorothy is a teenager, so she's supposed to be around like 16. Um, I, I read conflicting information that... So you have to look at this as, like, this goes into the power of cast again, because no major studio... the Like, Motown was trying to shop this around, and no major studio would give them money with an unknown 16-year-old Stephanie Mills as the lead in the whiz and so once diana ross was like i want to do this let me do this she kind of went around barry gordy and went to rob cohen and rob cohen is a producer and he knows what's up and he once he was able to say well we have the one of if you excuse me guys if you don't know diana ross is one of the biggest stars full stop in the world will be in your movie that's when universal studios was like okay we'll give you yeah. we won't even give you a budget you can just make this you went yeah. you give us diana ross and that's to this day that i mean that's how hollywood works is that you need a name and that's why it's hard because you need to get unknown people and especially like people of color but there's, it's just so few because they're there it's just all run by the same people it's the power of cast right, and they right. want they if they're putting their money out they want to know that they're going to have a safer return as possible and
1: putting a 16 16- with that it was no, it was a flop yeah but part
2: of it was because everybody was like she's 33 years old like we've known diana ross almost I didn't our have whole a life. With
1: that. i, I thought she was very good as being totally naive totally insecure yeah, yeah I mean I didn't have a problem But I think a lot I didn't
2: either I thought she played it very well but then I think that a lot of it has to do with cast like going back to it because well she's a black woman and she's Diana Ross it's not like she's scrappy up and comer like you know everybody at that point is looking to take her down a peg you know and I think I read somewhere that Pauline Kale who's a world famous film critic said that Diana Ross getting this movie made was was uh, I forget the exact quote, but to paraphrase something along the lines of one of the greatest shows of star power, like that Diana yeah. Ross single handedly willed this movie into being made, because yeah. if she wasn't in it, they were nobody was giving them money to make the Stephanie Mills version of right. the film. Right, like right. that's just not the world we live in.
1: Um. For Eveline, they were looking at Eartha Kitt. Mm, If you don't know Eartha Kitt, look her up because that would have been amazing. Also, I'm thinking we could have gone with Grace Jones as Eveline. Oh, yeah.
2: Eartha Kitt was um, Batman in the old Adam West 60s Batman. Well, she wasn't Batman. No, she was um, was Catwoman.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, she was great. Um. Michael Jackson's first song, You Can't Win, was cut from the stage version. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like Did it. you know Sidney Lumet was son-in-law to Lena Horne?
2: Yeah. Oh. So he was yeah. married to her daughter. And then during this film, her his wife came up to him and was like, I want a divorce. and And they oh, said heard. that... They said that Sidney LeMay was usually very jovial and exuberant and then just became despondent. And it's kind of like, they're like, yeah, look at this movie.
1: <laughs> this is, you know. So he was having an affair with Lena, had a kid with Lena. No, with with Lena was, Horn. Yeah. No, he was married
2: to Lena Horn's daughter. Oh, got it, got it, got it, oh, got it Oh,
0: God, I was like, oh, my God That took a turn <laughs> okay, he, he had wait, an affair with the so, mother-in-law? Wait, He had an okay. affair with his wife's <laughs> brother?
1: Okay, I, I've had enough now that I need I, we need to go back a few steps So, Sidney LeMay was the son-in-law that means he was married to Lena Horn's daughter Yes mm-hmm. So, she came and said she wanted a divorce?
0: Yes That's what you said that, oh okay. yes, that's, no, what that's what I read. That's what I said. Yeah.
2: That's what I read in the time magazine article. Well, that, that, that would make article. sense
0: if she wanted a divorce because he was having an affair with her mom. Uh, well, they, I, do, I did. He, not see what? that.
1: That does happen.
0: Keep I mean, keep Rita and Adam. They may never be in the same
1: room at the same time alone. Oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. <laughs> okay, moving on. Quincy Jones was the pianist in that in that big production. In the movie. gold. Yeah. And I'm going... Okay. Oh, so Joel Shoemaker and Diana Ross were both in, interested in the Est movement yes. of the 70s. Yes. Which, if you watched... Um, the Americans... The Americans. Stan, the FBI agent's wife, got very into Est. As did what was his name? the The spy husband, Carrie Fish. Carrie. Oh yeah, yeah. The husband got into Est. Est was quite a thing.
2: Well, it was <clears throat> okay. So you do you remember it? Because it was Edhard seminar training. That was Est, and it was Werner Erhard. And so the ideas were, I mean, like everything, it's kind of always, you know, rooted in good things and then becomes wildly cultish. So it was ideas of transformation, personal responsibility, accountability, and possibility. You know, all right. things where you're like, okay. But then you have to pay for, like, two weekend seminars, and it was 60 hours, and it's like, don't wear a watch, and all of this thing.
1: Yeah. Which... You just have to be careful because it all, became cultist. Yeah. It, all did. Of the, it became a cult. Just like dude. What was his name? The the vow, all of that kind the of Val stuff. The vow dude. Yeah, yeah I, I can totally see it happening. And actually Wonder I how see, you didn't get into it. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Cause I could totally get totally into that. Well, because I didn't have any money. I, I couldn't have paid for the courses the thing that has always saved me and that
2: i'm very grateful for is at a young age i remember hearing the famous uh groucho quote about i don't want to be along to any club that would have me as a member and somehow that just really resonated with me and so for all of those things it's always like wait you want you want you want money like i don't need like none of this all of this stuff is free i don't need Anytime right. you're getting me to like pay
1: for it, it, it I'm like, ah, uh, that's, yeah, miss me with that's that. Where it, that. That's where it got me, yeah. If I have to pay for that, mm, no, uh-uh. no. Yeah. That's why I'm still, uh, that's why I pay for Prime because I get free shipping <laughs> and I don't buy anything that I don't get free shipping because I already paid for that with my Prime subscription. There, yeah. Okay, okay, wait, I have more. <clears throat> In the book, the original Wizard of Oz, the book, Dorothy is supposed to be five. Oh, she's like a little kid. Oh,
0: Oh, I thought 12. Damn.
1: 12 is where they had her her in the movie with Judy Garland
0: because they
1: thought they could... You know, like push your in. And oh, make she, was she, was she was supposed just, to be twelve. I thought she was just I thought that was
2: just an well, that's bad on me. I thought that was just a she was sixteen year old in Kansas. But I forgot that like at sixteen she should have already had three kids.
1: So shame on me. Okay. Um and we've discussed anything else that I have. So other <laughs> tasty nuggets.
0: Um I We already talked about she said she lives uh in brooklyn but it takes place in harlem well maybe she's a murderino
2: and like she knew not to give her real address maybe
0: oh Oh, that's a very good
1: point Mm. well we would like that to but in 78 you didn't think of that i don't know though like (laughs) a
2: lot of murders happening
1: so because yeah and, and then, then we heard about him. And then we figured out not to give your real address. That was in the eighties.
2: But maybe she had figured it out before. Maybe like the, maybe, maybe the black people were that. like in Harlem. Hey, don't give out. Like it is wild down here. I don't know if you know about yeah. it. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, there was a lot of sampling of songs that would happen later, but. Nas sampled the song What Would I Do in his song Surviving the Times. Oh. We, were, we were listening, and like Adam was like, I know that song. There were a couple of things that we were like, I know that song. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, and then I was looking at some of this, just like the places where they filmed in the city. So when they first were in um, where all the graffiti people were. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It's in Corona Park in Queens. And we went and rode bikes there. uh, Corona Park?
1: Corona Park? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because Corona is Not related to the virus. (laughs) Uh, And there's this, like, big sphere. Like, it looks like a globe. Uh, It usually is a fountain, but it has been drained for the time being. But when we were there, we were like, oh, what is all that stuff over there? Like, there's, like, a bunch of stuff. It's a giant. What is it? I don't know what it is. Like a fixture, like a, and it's not like a building. Um, But we were like, oh, it's it's left over from the World's Fair, Mm. and that was where they filmed that scene. Oh, cool! So we've been there. I can't wait
1: to come and be in your in your new area of Brooklyn. Because yeah. we don't, we, we haven't laid eyes on it. No.
2: <laughs> Mine's never been to Brooklyn.
1: Oh, never been to Brooklyn. Oh, my
0: God. No. Um, well, we've ridden bikes over the, they were walking over the Brooklyn Bridge when mm-hmm. they were going to there. Terrible for bike riding. But as of this week, they're putting a new they said they're gonna turn one of the lanes into a bike lane, one of the car lanes. Oh wow. Wow, that's
1: huge. There's
0: so many people biking in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that really makes sense. And then the were they the Emerald City? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the twin towers were the two buildings.
1: Yeah.
0: And then the uh they, when they were filming outside in the little area where they did the whole dance scene or whatever, uh, it's like known to be a wind tunnel and they were having a lot of problems with the wind, but oh, they wow. only film once because Port Authority wouldn't let them reshoot. Mm-hmm. Port Authority. Uh, uh, you don't fuck with Port Authority. No. And we already talked about the subway station. Uh, that's all of my tasty nuggets.
2: Mm, Nice. I have. So this was the eighth Motown feature film. Um, None of the Broadway play is is writings in the film. Okay. Here's a quote from Sidney Lumet quote of what he described when it, what he wanted the film to be. It was quote, an absolutely unique experience that nobody has ever witnessed before. Well, Well, he wasn't wrong. Check Mark good job he wanted jimmy walker to be the scarecrow <laughs> yeah. and um the, he said that michael jackson was a vegas act and quincy jones was also really skeptical and then Ra- michael jackson yeah and because they he didn't know michael jackson that's why my mvps were what they were yeah um and and then they once they met him they were like oh That's yeah right. he is okay. it michael jackson studied videotapes of gazelles cheetahs and panthers yeah and that does just, not surprise yeah him. and just just how this movie his studying and his he i forget i didn't write down the name of the guy that he worked with but he was a famous african-american choreographer and ballet dancer um the guy that he worked with was one of those that it's all too common with this podcast of like guy like talent that's got squandered meaning Mm -hmm. that like the mass like you know we can't have nice things kind of thing like this guy was super talented and because of racism we didn't get to bask in his glory so he helped michael jackson with his all of these and incorporating that and you can just see the line from the whiz and then all of his movies like if it wasn't for the whiz and working on this would we have the moonwalk (laughs) it's it's crazy uh, to think yeah. about. Yeah. Stan Winston was the makeup guy, and he's famous because he did the makeup in Terminator, Aliens, Jurassic Park, and Predator, uh, just to okay. name a few. Like, he wow. is
1: up there, world class. Um, it was. You couldn't tell where skin stopped and makeup or, or plastic started or mm-hmm. whatever. And you have to think that from
2: 1939 to 1978 techniques and things had changed and gotten easier and they understood more about skin and needing to breathe so hopefully it wasn't as painful yeah yeah um Quincy Jones he did not he was not a fan of the music in this he only liked three songs, Home, Brand New Day, and Ease on Down the Road. Yes, thank you, Quincy. And he only did this as a favor to Sidney LeMay.
1: Okay.
2: Um, yeah, we had already said many times it was a box office failure. At the time, it was also the most expensive musical film ever made. And wow. part of that goes back to when they were able to package it to Universal with Diana Ross, and they were Universal was so excited that they didn't set a budget. And sometimes uh, it is good to have boundaries. Sometimes yeah. it is good to, like, well, we have to. We, this is the money that we have. We have to figure out yeah. how to do it. Or this is the time limit we have. We got to cut this number. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nominated for Academy Awards for Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design best song slash score and best cinematography
1: um i'm gonna guess it didn't win any <laughs> I, I don't think it did but i found
2: an article called the unapologetic blackness of the Wiz" by cheyenne matthews hoffman and she said quote strings and orchestras are pushed aside while more funky and soulful horns and drums are front and center to give the film a different flair than the 30s classic. And the lyrics of the songs are given more meaning that equate the characters confinement and loss to the black American experience. OK, it's just like pointing out just how much the whiz means to the culture. OK, mm, those are my tasty nuggets.
1: Well, listeners, that is The Wiz.
2: Mm-hmm. It's on Showtime, so... And
0: and it's, Showtime. On it's on Prime. Mm-hmm. It's not on HBO. Okay. Well,
1: next week will be February... So, mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It's Seven. Black History Month. Yeah. Shortest month of the year, so we're going to give that to Black History. And so this is the month when we usually, when we traditionally do, um, we have some kind of black in our movies, (laughs)
2: because it's it's kind of hard because of you know the cast and racist Hollywood. We do our best. Exactly.
1: And we have just lost one of our greatest, Cicely Tyson, American treasure. So I was checking out some Cicely Tyson movies, and I um, picked one. I wanted to go with Carib Gold. It was her first one, but then I thought, you know, she probably has a really small role in that, and I couldn't find it on any of our platforms to watch it. So I am going with a film where she is – a major player sounder yeah. i knew it i had to i mean it's gonna be a, a get the tissues ready but it she has the prominent role in this because her husband is uh, sent off to jail for probably absolutely no reason and so she has to you know hold the family together and didn't 19... she
2: get an academy
1: award nomination for this yes she did 19... yes.
2: 1972
1: so we're still in the 70s
2: oh, uh, but
1: Christine it's an hour and 45 minutes perfect it was it it is a young um a young adolescent reader book sounder and so it was made for young people but as they're making it the director i forget who said to Cicely dyson you know i think we're making a top-notch film here
2: we we got something here yeah we got something going on and she's like yeah no shit i'm in this i'm carrying this film
1: (laughs) um if you have turner classic movies it's being shown today at like six o'clock maybe for free We can also get it on Prime Video, Um, and Erin, I'll let you do research to show me where I should be (laughs) getting it, because every time I say it wouldn't come up, she comes back with yes, it would. So, we are doing Sounder 1972, honoring Cicely Tyson next week. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, there will be tears. Oh, okay. Okay. I believe there's a dog that died. Oh
2: my God.
1: I don't know, but I think so. But, okay. Well, that's my pick, and so I'm going with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, listeners, there you go.
2: Bye-bye.